Welcome to the Kelly and the Encouragers podcast with your host, Kelly Sisson, wife, mother, therapist, and hippie at heart who loves Earl Grey iced tea, deep conversations, and encouraging others. If you need a little encouragement today, you are in the right place. Thank you for joining us. Welcome back to another episode of Kelly and the Encouragers podcast. I'm very excited to introduce you to Dr. Bleem today. You know, I've known Dr. Bleem for over eight years. And what I love about him is that no matter what it is that he's doing, his passion and his love for other people and animals definitely shows through. Now, I originally met Dr. Bleem because he was my chiropractor, actually. But what I really wanted to bring him on the podcast to talk with you about is his own journey through dyslexia. What's remarkable is that he has been able to take his own experience and the experience of his daughter, which he shares about, and has been able to change and improve and impact so many lives because of it. And I just knew that I needed to get him on the podcast today. I know that you're going to love this conversation. Down to the show. Hi, Dr. Bleem. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Absolutely. This is going to be great. It is. It is. It's so good to talk to you too. It's been probably a few years, huh? I was trying to think. I think you are correct. Yes, that's awesome. <laughs> well, I'm wondering if you can introduce yourself for the listeners. Oh, sure. Um, I'm Dr. Ren Bleem and um, coming up on the big 5 oh. uh, later this year. Yeah, you know, that that major life change thing. But yeah. uh, I've been married for 25 years this year. I have a couple of children uh, Samuel and McKenna. I'm married to Melanie, mm-hmm. uh, actually. You might want to know my wife's name. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm actually a chiropractor in Havana, Illinois, and I have been for 22 years. Mm-hmm. And um, interestingly enough, I grew up on a dairy farm, and there's some moving parts there that got me into chiropractic. Uh, so that's that's kind of a quick basis of where I came from. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for explaining that. And that's basically how we had met, if I remember right. I'm trying to think that if we know. Yeah. Yes. And say, so I don't think we knew each other before then. So, yep, um, I would come to your clinic and I um, loved going there. And there were so many things, especially during that time that I was um, running the half marathon, that you helped me so much through that and encouraging me through that. Um, and so, um, yeah, I just think it'd be really great if you could share a little bit about your business currently and then we'll um, continue on. Sure, absolutely. Um, I've actually been a chiropractor for, well, about 24 years. I graduated from Logan University in Chesterfield, Missouri in uh-huh. 1995. And, well, interestingly enough, I, mean, I was a human chiropractor uh-huh. for uh, really 24 years. And I've kind of gotten into the animal side as well. But in my practice, I, I'm kind of the old time guy. I'm really hands on. Uh, You're going to get a manual adjustment, but I also do other things. I have acupuncture and I do some cold laser and I teach rehab um, exercises you can do at home because we're in a, well, Kelly, you know, we're in a very rural area. So I have a lot of farmers that I take care of and they, they want to get fixed up and get back to work as, as fast as possible. But, uh, oh, also my, my wife, Melanie, she's been my office manager here at the office for well, 22 years when yeah. I'm working, she's just about 12 feet away from me on the other side of the wall. Yes. And that's been, uh, 
that's been pretty interesting working with my with my spouse this entire time. But uh, yeah. it's also been very rewarding because uh, we've we've done really well at not you know taking the taking the office home with us. But it's good that you have somebody that's uh, that much of a support system. Actually, well, in your business, you know, she cares yes. as much about everything as I do. So Absolutely. that's uh yeah, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Yeah, that's great. You know, and you can tell that when you walk in there too. You know, it's a really welcoming environment. And um, I think one thing that you guys do really well is customer service too you know you're well thank you very much and, yeah, yeah. We've, we've tried very hard to make everybody feel yeah comfortable and welcome and and just at ease because that's a big thing whenever you go see a, a doctor of any kind you want to yes. want to be relaxed during the process yeah absolutely that's fantastic I love what you're doing with the chiropractic care for animals I would love to hear more about that and um, I mean I know it sounds like you know growing up on the dairy farm you obviously um, you know had interaction with the cows I don't know maybe other animals as well but I'm just curious how did you decide decided to really dive into that? Well, I've been, again, treating humans for many, many years, yeah. but really my entire practice, people have come in and said, hey, you know what, my dog's got this back pain thing and my, my vet can't quite, you know, get it yeah. figured out other than saying, okay, we're going to throw some medication at it or surgery or something along those lines. There's anything you can do. Well, I I kind of fumbled my way through, I guess, some simple adjustments using a little instrument I call an activator. It applies a very, you know, four pounds of pressure very, very quickly. So I'm like, well, I can, I can kind of help you out with that, but I really don't know specifically the lines of drive and all the things I need to do. And they're like, you know what? I don't care. Can you help my dog at all? And that only happened maybe four or five times over uh, multiple years. But um, really about, eh, we'll say two years ago, it was one of those things that, oh, kind of gotten to that point of, I mean, I've done this a long period of time with the humans. Insurance and all those things. And um, and interestingly enough, I, I'm, I'm dyslexic and I deal with, uh, well, all the things that have to do with dyslexia. But yes. one of the big complications with that is everything with the electronic health records uh, has to be oh, done on yes. computer. It's a very flat screen. It, it, it was hard for me, and I was struggling through that that whole process. So I was like, man, I got to do something different. I got to do something different. Do I need to, you know, go back to school and become a, you know, heating and air guy, or, yeah. you know, should I go work at Caterpillar? Or, you know, what what is else is out there for me? I'm kind of I'm kind of fried on this whole situation. It's just so hard getting getting into this. And I, you know, well. As as many of us do, we we hit our knees and start praying yes. and trying to figure out where where do I need to go? What do I need to do? And it really came to me that I have a well, kind of a, a narrow skill set. Um, I would I would say because chiropractic, um, you know, we're very focused on the spine and the joints yeah. and 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 the health of the patient, but also I have a huge knowledge set. And I was like, okay, how can I play off of that? Right. And so my wife even was like, hey, maybe you ought to look at this animal thing. You've had you know, patients in the past ask for it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, sure. Yeah, well, let's check out some colleges and really kind of make a decision this way or that. And, and then interestingly enough, a couple of days later, a patient walked in and said, you oh. really should do this animal thing. You know, I think you'd really enjoy it. You know, you grew up on a dairy farm. You're familiar with animals. Why don't you do that? Yeah. And I was like, well, okay, you know, that, that kind of triggered something else in my mind. And right. I went off to a symposium for a few days. And there was a, 
an animal chiropractic college that was one of the vendors. Uh-huh. And I walked in their booth. I thought, hey, you know what? I'm going to talk to you guys a little bit about this. And, and it kind of really just tripped a switch. It was like, yes, I need to do this. I need to go back to school. This is something new and different. Yeah. But it still used my skills and my knowledge that I had. Right. So I was able to take that and, and really move forward uh, with it. So, yeah, it really started with, yeah, multiple patients just asking about things. And then all of a sudden, boom, yes. I had to head down that path and uh, and really look at it as something. So, right. yeah, it's been a, it's been an interesting road. And I started it and uh, took a first class in June. Then there was a couple of months break. And then I did a class in November, and December, and January, and February. And I graduated with my animal chiropractic degree. And I'm actually uh, certified through the International Veterinary Chiropractic Association as well. So, oh, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. How neat, too, that like it almost sounds like along the way there were like little tidbits of like, hey, this is something that would you would be really great at. Hey, you know, I need this or, you know, and so being able to really listen and watch for those things, I think, is such an important skill. Yes. Being able to be, you know, kind of nudged down yes. that path kind of slowly because, yeah, it's one of those things, you know, with myself, I have to, it has to kind of go clunk in my mind and go, okay, I want to do it. <laughs> right, right. Yes. Yeah. No, I'm actually that same way. It's it kind of is like slow rolling. And then when I decide, I'm like, yep, that's it. That's it. I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. Once it starts, it's like, okay and focus into this and and really make it happen so that's pretty cool awesome thank you so much for sharing that and i love the pictures i don't know if that is that melanie that's taking those melanie takes the pictures yes Uh, she does all my online marketing and and that kind of thing and she she just loves that part of the process because well it's kind of hard to take a selfie whenever you're adjusting the lumbar spine on a horse you (laughs) know Uh, i guess i could attach a gopro or something there you go yeah that'd be kind (laughs) of cool down the road yeah yeah (sighs) no that's awesome though she does a really great job at that yeah she does yeah fantastic you know i'm wondering if you can talk with us a little bit about your journey with dyslexia Oh, sure. The journey. Oh, my. Um, Well, dyslexia. I wasn't diagnosed until I was um, 45. So, you know, as I had a long journey with it that I didn't know. Uh, really what was going on right. you know you're you're just going along and your your life is what your life is and uh, yeah you just you just kind of move through it it's been a it's been an interesting thing I, I you know I look back at my youth and how I got through school and just working through life and uh, I, I really push it back to well, I grew up on that dairy farm um, and that really gave me a, a really solid work ethic and also um, just massive amounts of action. I was just a guy, just you just worked and worked and worked and worked. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of what was necessary because um, I didn't have the accommodations that students do nowadays with uh, books on tape or right. you know audio, audio books and, and that kind of thing. Because again, I was undiagnosed. It, it wasn't a situation that I um, really knew what was going on until, well, a few years back. Yep. So I developed all kinds of coping mechanisms. Um, and, and it was just, uh, work hard, work hard. I had to study early. I, um, I just realized again, you know, in, in grad school, it's like, okay, I have to be done studying a minimum of 24 to 36 hours before an examination, or I don't 
retain the information because my short-term memory is is uh, not that good. Yeah. And I need my brain to relax so I can switch tasks, which means go from studying to um, taking this examination. Right. But I did notice that in my notes, if I look back through them, oh, I draw little pictures here, you know, to help uh-huh. with associations because a very visual uh, person. Yes. Um, and, and I could see the the uh, page of notes like in my mind so I just had a picture of the page of notes with my little doodles and scribbles and circles pointing to whatever but that gave me enough information to do to do well and uh, find the answers on the page I guess uh, versus a person that can just you know dip into that file and pull it up and say oh yeah here's the answer Um, and also whenever I studied uh, in the past I, I I moved a lot I'd walk around with my papers and there would be some association with, oh, yeah, you know, I saw whatever it may be, the, you know, the chair setting in the living room. But I associated that with some some note inside my set of notes. Right. And there was some kind of correlation that, when, again, when I was taking my examinations, I was able to pull this from this huge pool of, you know, I guess, visualization in my mind and was able to actually answer the questions properly and then move on. And I really could answer the questions quickly. I could pull that information up fast. um, And uh, it was pretty interesting. But once I got that diagnosis, then, well, that, that's when things got a little weird, I guess, you Uh know, you, you, whenever I wasn't diagnosed, I just assumed that anything that I put all this energy into, I just do better at. Uh And that wasn't always the case. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with us. You know, I'm curious, did that come to like, was it a shock to you? Or were you just kind of like, yep, this is what it is. This makes a lot of sense or Right, right, right. Whenever I first was diagnosed, well, my daughter was um, diagnosed several years before me. This is what kind of led me down the path to actually getting my diagnosis. She was in, you know, she's just crazy kid, you know, hard-headed tyke that that uh, you have as a second born. Uh-huh. Yeah, and and uh, we knew something wasn't quite matching up with my son. My son was like the golden child. You uh-huh. know? I mean, he walked early, talked early, you know, he, he minded well, he excelled in school, all those things that, that, uh, you know, the first born, like, look how wonderful our child is. Uh-huh. Um, you know, never missed a word on a spelling test, yeah. that kind of thing. But McKenna came along and we're like, wait a minute, <laughs> yeah. what is going on? You know, she, she didn't speak until she was three forever. It took, took forever for her to learn to tie her shoes you know, recognizing right from left, you know, all these dyslexic things that are going on. And we're like, okay, we need to get her tested. And we, we uh, did it early on. I can't remember if it was kindergarten, first grade, took her in, uh, you know, had her tested and found out, oh, she's dyslexic. And you're sitting there and like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. And then Uh the doctor looks at us and says, okay, which one of you two is dyslexic? Um, Wait, um, well, no, I made it through higher education. How could I be dyslexic? I couldn't, you know, uh-huh. have suffered with this stuff, even though I apparently did suffer from or with it, you know, yeah. through the process. And yeah, we got to go through it. And all of a sudden, I'm checking off these boxes in my mind. Yeah. And my entire life is passing before my eyes. Uh, <laughs> right. At, at, I can't remember as maybe it when I was, I don't know, 36 or 37, something like that. And it was like, oh, I have to be the dyslexic one. 
interesting. I, um, well, let's learn about dyslexia to help my daughter. And that's what I, we did. We just kind of threw ourselves into, I've made it through. We got to get our daughter through. We got to give her the accommodations she needs. Um, you know, keep up that pace of, of, of propping her up through the process. And I wasn't paying any attention to myself until all of a sudden, boom, all of the electronic health records hit and, and that kind of thing. Sure. And everything kind of, I, I went into a skid yeah. of, I cannot do this. Uh, I'm, I'm struggling so hard to get through this process. Well, maybe it has to do with dyslexia. Uh-huh. Am I dyslexic? I don't know. I need to take the test. Uh, so I went and I, it was a four-hour exam. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, That's a intense. long process uh, that even the instructor was like, oh, my gosh, you are, you're riding on the edge of, you know, anxiety that is so high. I, she couldn't hardly even watch me, you know, work through. But she asked me, you know, a bazillion different questions yeah. and found out all these things. And, and uh, yeah, all of a sudden you get this diagnosis like, yes, you are dyslexic. And this is what's going on. And these are the, whatever it was, 25 different things that we tested. And, oh, by the way, you have a um, a genius IQ, you know, which is wonderful. Yeah. But on the other end of things, your reading comprehension is no better than a ninth grader's. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's why I struggled so much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I developed all these coping mechanisms through the process. And then, then the doctor says, you're pretty close to moderately dyslexic, but you test as mild because you've developed all these good coping mechanisms to get through your life and right. that good hard work ethic and, and that, and that kind of thing. And that was, uh, uh, that was kind of the initial, like, okay, I have this thing. Yeah. Great. I, you know, I'm super smart. That's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, but what about this other end of, of things? And at first it was like, no big deal. Yeah. But then I realized, wait, I'm never going to be better at reading, even though I have worked at it and worked at it and worked at it. So, you know, that hope of getting better at at reading if I read more, because that's just, you know, the way things go. Oh, you want to get better at reading? You you read more. Right. Um, so, yeah, I fell into um, – well, all kinds of problems of, you know, I was angry and depressed and you know, yeah. my anxiety levels even went higher. And so, yeah, after receiving that diagnosis, initially it was fine, but within three, four months, I was, you know, I don't know, kind of almost spiraling out of control with what the heck am I going to do with my life? Sure. Um, and uh, things got, I kind of got despondent for a while. I mean, really, my wife was like, praying over me to get me out of bed in the morning. Yeah. Uh, and But I'd get up and I'd get going and I'd get to the office and I'd, I I was able to separate, you know, the complications of uh, personal stuff with my from my job. Right. So I always did a good job at my job, right. um, which which was one, a really big thing. With, again, a lot with my wife's help. She's been a, yeah, a big support through the whole process. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for, you know, really being so transparent with your experience because there are so many people I'm sure that um, currently are very likely undiagnosed as well. And um, that process of almost I would imagine in some ways is like a grieving process it sounds like I mean you got really great news I have a genius IQ which is fantastic but at the same time like you said like there's there's uh, effort obviously makes a difference but there's there's some things that are um, just going to be what they are and so kind of grieving through that and and where you and yeah you're absolutely correct the grieving you know I'm glad you brought that up because you know I don't know what all the steps of you know grief are but 
um, it took me quite a while to get to that acceptance of, yes. of, of uh, <laughs> what what is actually going on and what I can and can't do. Um, right. Yeah, that, that's been a thing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing that. Sure. You know, it sounds like throughout that, I mean, obviously the doctors had said there are so many ways that you've learned, you know, to adapt and that you've just naturally been able to develop to help you get through these. I'm wondering now, can you pinpoint, I know you mentioned earlier, like, you know, um, now, you know, to give yourself your, your, your brain a break, you know, from studying, but I'm wondering, are there other things that you just before all of this picked up on your own that helped you? Let's see, probably, probably giving myself downtime Yeah. Um, to, I guess, let my brain, I guess, relax, for lack of a better way to describe it. I needed that, that disconnect from, well, business or, or family or whatever it may be. Because um, in general, a, a dyslexic uses three to five times more energy in their mind um, in order to get through the day than the average person. Yeah. So we're really, really, really thinking hard in, in order to maintain everything we need to do. So I I, I started running. Uh, yeah. That was a big thing that I did. Oh, my goodness. It was probably 15 years ago. Yeah. Uh, somebody said, hey, why don't you run the local 5K? And I was like, oh, okay. Uh-huh. Um, but then I once I realized that, hey, I'm alone. I'm out here. It's kind of, you know, I can shut my brain off. I can just... I can just run and it's peaceful. But the biggest thing that I found is just time to time to relax. Uh, the rest of it was in the past was just how can you how can I think more and work harder yes. <laughs> to do better? How can I do better? How can I do better? Uh, and and just push 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 uh, because that's what I always did. It was that's how I got through life was okay, I'm going to do massive amounts of action. And then what do you get from massive amounts of action? Hopefully the result that you're looking for are most of the results that that you kind of want at the other end. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I hear so much of your story um, just resonates with me on, on such a deep level, to be honest with you, because I hear so much of the way that I have truly, um, dealt with life like that that massive action portion of it for me and I remember um Melanie had shared something on her Facebook page it may have been around that time that you officially got your diagnosis to be honest and I remember messaging her I'm pretty sure it was her that I messaged I don't think it was you I'm pretty sure it was her and I just said thank you so much for sharing this I really appreciate that you did that you know there are so many times that I have actually wondered myself like is it possible that I have dyslexia like is that something is that something that could be the, the reason for all of these different things that I have to do, all of my difficulty and the brain power it takes for numbers and different things. And so when I hear some of that, I'm like, oh, that just resonates so deeply with me, that need to kind of find different ways to do that. And to the simple things being really exhausted, you know, (laughs) over trying to like even just calculate things or yeah, reading retention, just all of that. I just, um, yeah, that just really resonates with me. So thank you. And and, and interestingly enough, I mean, 20% of the population is dyslexic at some level. Um, You know, it can be very mild all the way to, you know, very severe. So yeah, I mean, a fifth of us are running around one in five um, yeah. is dyslexic at, at some level, which is kind of kind of wild when you look at it. Yeah, so. absolutely. You know what I think is really cool, though, is they seem to be um, doing like more testing. Like when I was in school, I don't remember barely anybody have any type of testing at all done. And so Correct. I think it's really great now that we're just identifying mm-hmm. that. So we're able to get services or get different in- interventions or even more so just empower kids. Because I remember, th- I don't know if you ever had these thoughts, but I remember thinking like, why can't I do this? 
Like, what is wrong with me that I can't do this? And now I think being able to just be so supportive of kids, you can do this. You may have to do it a different way, but you absolutely are capable is really, really helpful. Yes. And you hit the nail on the head with, um, you can do this, but maybe you need either taught differently or you need to come at it from a different angle. Because I know classes that I had taken even in grad school that the instructor just kind of handed out the book and said, okay, you know what, read page, you know, 120 through 150. And, you know, we're going to talk about it for whatever it was, 45 minutes once a week. And he just, and then boom, here's the examination. And I'm, I'm bombing this class that everybody else is acing. And I'm like, why can't I get this? Yes. Um, and then actually going in, being called into the, uh, you know, as a, as a 23-year-old, you're called in and said, okay, why aren't you getting this? You know, yes. it's like, I don't know. I, I study it. I, I, you know, I'm in every class. I don't right. miss anything. And, and, and you'd love to go to that instructor and say, you know what? The reason I, you know, squeaked by with a C- minus in your course right. is because, I'm dyslexic and your teaching style did not fit my learning style. And so there was a, there's a gap there. So that's the reason there was so many struggles and you looked at me and were like, what is wrong with you? Well, yeah, that, that, that causes all kinds of other, (laughs) what is wrong with you whenever you're sitting at home thinking what is wrong with me? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, 100%. You know what I often tell clients, and I remember this myself as well, and I'll remind myself of this, is, you know, when I was younger, I I honestly, I could read a book and couldn't tell you anything that it was about. I just don't, I don't learn like that either. But I tell them now, I said, but look at the job that I'm doing now. I'm talking with people. I'm learning about you through your life by listening to you. So, So really, it's just a matter of finding your strength and your way of learning and rolling with it. That's really what exactly. it's a matter of and just embracing that that and, and it it works when you find something. It's um it's nice to it's nice to feel good about that and be able to have some positive thoughts about the way that you do learn. So um, that's you what are I think. correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's that's really important for people. Hey, guys, I'm just going to interrupt for one quick second. I wanted to make sure that you knew that we had an opportunity for you to partner with the Kelly and the Encouragers podcast community. Now, I want to be really clear. You are already a part of this community. But if you want to take things one step further, I would encourage you to go to Patreon. I don't know if you've heard of Patreon, but it truly is just a way for you to be able to collaborate with creatives and help to spread the word. And that is the goal of the Kelly and the Encouragers podcast. I really want to spread encouragement throughout the entire world. And the only way to do that is with your help. So if you would like to check it out, you can go to www.patreon.com backslash encouragers podcast. Now back to the show. You know, I think it's so fantastic, truly, that you have shared your story, that McKenna, you know, has allowed you guys to share her story. It seems like your whole family is just truly almost on a mission to like educate, support, encourage, and just to be an advocate. Um, for other people. I'm just wondering, like, you know, why is that part of things so important? Because you could have got your diagnosis and never shared it with anybody, truly, you know, and just done what you need to do. But it seems like you're, you have this desire to really get the message out there. Yeah, it, uh, that's where things kind of get interesting, because it's one of those, 
well, you know me. I'm I'm with people all the time. Yes. There's a lot of one-on-one, and you just get to kind of talking about stuff, and, and then I'll just tell them, hey, I'm dyslexic, and they kind of look at me like, wait, what? You're a doctor. Doctors aren't dyslexic. Dyslexics are people that, you know, are, you know, don't get much past high school or whatever it is, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. I just automatically assume that, and, um, and it's uh, kind of become – I don't, uh, for lack of a better way to describe it, I guess a, a mission or a passion um, for me to really, uh, the, what's the best way to describe that? If I can reduce or prevent this unnamed shame that I've carried with for, well, basically, you know, 49 years in my life yeah. um, of feeling really lazy and stupid because that's that's way you feel whenever yes. you are yeah. dyslexic. You're like, okay, obviously I'm lazy, even though I'm doing all this energy and I'm massive amounts of action, yep. and I need to do more. Yeah. And oh, I'm stupid because look at me, I'm getting C's. Everybody else is getting A's. What is wrong with me? But mm-hmm. but if but if if I can prevent that that lazy and stupid, that unnamed shame even our, our, our self-esteem loss or whatever it may be, yes. um, really in one kid yeah. or one child, you know, in general, that's a success because it's not something you want to have to deal with whenever you're about to turn 50 years old. And um, it's a tape that runs in my mind that I've been trying to rewrite for years and years and years. So, so yeah, I really try and tell my story. It, um, Interestingly enough, it started at something called the Great Banquet, uh-huh. which is uh, it's kind of like Crescio or Walk to Emmaus, Trace Diaz. I don't know if you've heard of any of those, mm-hmm. but they're a 72-hour, um, for lack of a better way to describe it, they're like a retreat. Oh, okay, yeah. And there's 15 talks that happen you know, during this, and they're all biblically based, but you kind of weave your story into the talk. So that was kind of the first time I really told my story uh, multiple years ago about, hey, um, you know, this is who I am. I've been a, you know, I've been a doctor for 22 years and and this is the path that I had to go down because of doc documentation and all the struggles I had. And, you know, yes, I've dealt with um, anxiety and depression and, you know, suicidal thoughts and all those things because most likely of the, uh, yeah, that, that that shame uh, of being calling myself lazy and stupid for all those kind of years. So that's kind of where it, where it started. Yeah. I started that way. And then, um, I don't know, a roundabout way we found out about another gal that, that teaches, um, t- teachers about dyslexia. Uh-huh. And she gave me a call once and said, Hey, um, will you come and speak, um, at my, my forum uh-huh. and about an hour from here. And I'm like, well, okay. You know, I'll just, tell my story part without all the biblical stuff uh, attached to it. And now that's a regular thing that I do Uh, during the, during the school year, she teaches the academic part of dyslexia. And in the summertime, she does the, I guess the emotional social part of dyslexia. So I'll either do one or two talks to a group of anywhere from, you know, 10 to 20 people about my story of dyslexia. And I've, I've this last talk that I did, you, you look in the back row, and the the dad is transfixed on you, like soaking up every yeah. word that you say, and the wife is crying yeah. because she recognizes, oh my gosh, I'm I acted a certain way toward my husband who was probably dyslexic but not been diagnosed, and then wait, I have two children with all these things you talked about your daughter having, and wow, we you know 
all of her whole world is coming in on her. So, but it's one of those things that, yeah, if I have that discussion to two people and it'll change their life and be able to, they they can change that tape in their head again, that, that is a success because that that's really been a passionate situation for me to, to really help these kids because there's too many kids that they find other things to do with their, they're smart, and a lot of times it's not good. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Interestingly enough. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, yeah, so there was a they they they're actually doing testing on um, dyslexic testing on people who are in the prison system, and uh-huh. they figure there's probably seventy five percent of the people in the prison system are dyslexic. Oh, you're kidding! So they're just yeah, and wow. it's because you know we act out. We're, we're, we're going to be doing stuff in class, you know, because we want to avoid things. We, we want things differently, but we're really smart. But the problem is we've, we're smart in, in ways that, oh, we know how to, you know, jack cars and tear them apart and put them back together and make something different and then sell it. And that's, that's not legal. Right, right. <laughs> we need to focus on the legal stuff that we're really good at. And, and you know, you look at the entrepreneurs, most entrepreneurs are dyslexic at some level. Yeah. Why? Because they had to figure out a job that didn't fit in the box yep. of everybody else. Yeah. Absolutely. It's just they, yeah. So they went out like you know, Virgin Air Mays, uh guy or Johnson and Johnson, yeah. um, you know, people like that. They've gone out and they've they've done things differently, and and they're entrepreneurs because they have to make their own. They have to make their own business because yes. there isn't one out there that their mind fits into. Yeah, that makes so much sense. That makes so much sense. Thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate sure. that. You know, I'm I'm wondering too. Let's say there's someone listening right now who is mm-hmm. either, you know, identifying with a lot of things that um, you are saying or has recently um, found out that they have dyslexia. What would you what would you say to them? What would I say to them? Um, this actually came up in the last talk that I did, and it really depended upon the age, I guess, mm-hmm. of the person. Sure. Um, you know, grade schooler, um, they haven't, they haven't maybe have that, I guess that tape etched in stone yet, yes. <laughs> you know, they're young. Um, and, and I would really talk to them and how to, how to build them up, really talk to them about their options for the future that, that they can use for accommodations, uh, things that they can use to help themselves. And the biggest thing I would tell them straight up, remember this. Remember this statement, write this statement down, you know, put it on a post-it, stick it on your mirror so you can read it every morning if that's what you have to do. But you are enough. Uh, yes. Yep. And you have to remember that. I mean, I have to remember that even even at this level um, and, and where I am and, and my age and everything. But, yeah, I have to yes. have to think about that even as a little, you know, my, um, you know, baby Wren who's still inside of me. Of course, we yeah. carry all that with us. Um, you are enough. And and then as we move through life, if you're diagnosed, say, in high school, um, you know, be prepared for some pushback. Yes. Um, your friends are going to be, you know, after you. Your your teachers are going to look down on you maybe if they don't understand it. And that would be a process of you really need to, to guard your heart yes. um, and also have a little bit of a calloused mind. Like people say things, you know, ching, ching, right off the dyslexia shield kind of thing. Yes. Uh, you know, you can say stuff to me, 
but it's not true because I know better. Um, I, again, I'm enough and, and my mind is tough enough that I can repel those things um, that you're kind of throwing at me. An older person, uh, you know, my age, probably you are not alone. Yeah. Uh, there's other people that are dealing with this. You know, find those find those pages on Facebook where you can get on there and vent about the fact that your boss is, um, you know, having you do stuff that's outside of your, I guess, your zone of genius or whatever you want to call it, yeah. and and you just can't do, and you have to either accommodate find accommodations for that or go to your boss and say, listen, this is where I work best and you need to give me more of that, yes. um, and that kind of thing. And, and as a, again, as an older person, you're going to have to deal with lots of emotions from the past. And, and, uh, you know, personally, it's probably going to be a lot of anger because of, uh, you're going to bump against a lot of walls that you didn't even know were there. Right. Um, that kind of thing. I know in my life, that's been, that's been a big thing. Uh, you know, my wife has said many times, why are you angry all the time? I, it's, it's programmed into me because you know, whenever you're angry, people leave you alone and you kind of can push through those barriers sure. of getting the job done again, more action. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's, it's this huge, uh, yeah. And, and then also if you're older, tell your story. Yes. Uh, like I've been doing, uh, because it actually helps me, you know, vent at a certain level it helps me work through the process and, yes. and it'll help you heal uh through it because if you don't if you keep it all in and never talk about what you have going on then the complications it, it just gets packed down in there and eventually it's going to blow up and there's going to be some major malfunctions uh, i mean just looking at you know the anger and stuff that i had in my life uh, probably 85% of the arguments my wife and I had were wrapped around dyslexia because I wasn't diagnosed. She didn't understand it. You know, I'd react a certain way, and, and there was right. these, these moving parts there that now that she knows, there's that grace thing like, oh, you know what? I can't tell him more than maybe two things to do at once. Also, yeah. when he goes to Dollar General to buy food or buy something, he better remember to take that list or else he will get there and he will call or he'll come home with nothing that was actually on the list. Sure. Been yeah. down that road. My daughter and I have actually gone to Dollar General without the list and came home with one thing that out of the five and sure. six other things that we were like, oh, this is kind of cool. <laughs> <Yeah. You know>? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, look, it's shiny. Yeah, um, yeah that kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> yes, absolutely. So, yeah, that I mean, that's kind of the breakdown, though, as far as, you know, young high school age, a person yes. that's older. Uh, that's what I would that's what I would say. Yeah. Uh, and even even as even as even if you're in grade school or uh, junior high, if you can tell your story at that age, uh, again, that'll help educate people. It just at any age, telling your story will help will help you heal and bring to light something um, other people can heal from. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you certainly have really motivated me to like actually move forward with um, some testing, I have to tell you, because <laughs> at this point, I'm like, that would be really helpful to know. One thing I know for um, there's a family member I have that is currently going through grade school. And um, I always tell her mom, whenever she's feeling bad, please have her call me. Like, I will talk her through that. I will be like, same, same all the way. But I know you can do this. And <laughs> we'll get through right. this, you know, because I think sometimes just having somebody truly say like you said earlier just having somebody say like 
this is hard. This is really hard, but you're not alone through it. It can make the world of difference, truly. Absolutely. The empathy versus just saying it's going to be okay. Yes. I don't know if it's going to be okay. I'm seven. Right. Right. (laughs) Or whatever. Yes. Yes, (laughs) I don't know that. (laughs) Exactly. That's so true. That is so true. You know, I know you mentioned earlier, like, um, you know, like the little Rin in you. And I'm just wondering, um, for for you, what would you say if you could say something to little Ren in grade school or high school, whatever, wherever you want to pick? Interesting question. Um, what would I say to little Ren? Well, I guess I'd have to come at it from an angle of, okay, Ren, you're not diagnosed. Yep. And you won't be because that's not even on the radar <laughs> yes. of your parents or your teachers or anything like that. So it, it would be some encouragement, but actually it'd be more of, um, you know, watching. Um, maybe uh, it, I'd, I'd, almost be, I'd almost be a person to step back because I don't know how much I could actually say to little Ren because he, without everything that has happened yeah he wouldn't have been the person he is today um or who i have become today you know things so different uh probably if you know um that kind of that kind of thing because i with with chiropractic you know i'm very very good at it Mm -hmm. and 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 if I if I'd have known I was dyslexic, I probably would be either a heavy equipment operator or a chef, or or, or a plumber or yeah. or you know something like that. You know, welder. I don't. I'd, I'd probably be in the trades. Yeah. Because there's kind of an art farm there, and it's all about big picture. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, my brother, my brother who's seven years older than me, I think he's probably dyslexic as well. Yeah. We've talked about this in the past, and he actually does heating and air, and he's very, very good at yeah, it. Yeah. But we've talked about, I don't know if, you know, I'd actually be doing what I'm doing <laughs> yeah. if if I'd known in the past. So it's one of those things, you know, God has us on a path, yes. too. Yes. And I don't know if I'd want to go back, um, but it would be... It, it would be more of an encouragement uh, type of thing. And, and, you know, Ren, you're doing a good job. Yes. Just keep it up. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, keep it up. Cause uh, yeah, that, that would probably be the, be the thing because again, you don't know where things would, uh, how, how things would have changed, you know, the, the lives that are affected. If I, if I went down another path, I wouldn't be here talking to you right. discussing or even maybe helping that one kid. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, overcome that because I wouldn't have known that I was dyslexic in the in the grand scheme of things. So right. it's it's kind of interesting. It's almost like okay, I have to let this go. I'm going to encourage you, but it's going to be tough. Yeah. And I'm going to watch the. It's going to be hard if I could watch your life through there. Yeah, you're yeah. going to struggle. But because of your struggle, you know that's going to build character, and and that's also going to cause you to to want others to understand the struggle they actually have ahead of them. I mean, you know, it's the struggle's never going to go away. Right. Uh, but if you have some tools to, to deal with the struggle, that is, that's huge. Yes. That's huge. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Absolutely. You know, as we're wrapping up here, I'm wondering, can I ask you a few questions I ask everyone? Sure. Okay. Are you familiar with Brene Brown at all? She's an author, speaker, social worker. She, re- she um, researches like shame and vulnerability. And if not, that's okay. But 
Probably not. You know, I'm not. I wasn't much of a book reader until I found Audible books. Oh, but me I'll, too. I'll oh, have to God, write right. her down, write yes. that name down, and, and look it up. If it's on Audible, I'll probably listen to it. <laughs> Braving the Wilderness. It's my absolutely favorite one. Um, realistically, a friend of mine. Her name is Jess. Um, so if she hears this, shout out to Jess. She mentioned audiobooks to me about six years ago, and it literally changed my world. Like I've yes. I've read more books than I ever have literally my entire life in, in the last six your, years. <laughs> and remember more out of them than yes. you have in your Oh my gosh, life. yes. I love Audible. <laughs> yes, I agree. It's the best thing that's ever happened for sure. So she is um so her book Bra- Braving the Wilderness, she talks about, you know, really this concept of walking out into the wilderness alone, you know, taking those steps, not really knowing what's gonna happen or where you're gonna go, but along the way really finding yourself and others. And so I'm wondering if you can think about a time when you stepped into the wilderness me stepping into the wilderness um i've i've always been into self-help stuff i mean mm-hmm. uh whether it was way back when tony robbins and you know all those kind of things so i've always kind of enjoyed that self-help uh situation but you, when you talk about wilderness or into that into that unknown i'd almost have to say that the the wilderness was kind of like thrust upon me so oh, to speak. okay sure um i was you know doing my thing and everything was cool and just cruising along and then won't we get hit with like i discussed you know the affordable care act changes the yes. electronic health records uh, all these compliance things that are being thrown at me and and they haven't gone haven't pulled the big switch in my mind and gone clunk you know like hey i can handle this mm-hmm. um you know it's just bleh, it's out there somewhere i'm I'm still struggling with it um because again every and uh, everything just kind of became hard at that yes. that time so i guess i like i said thrilled wilderness was kind of thrust upon me so um as far as when it i guess when it's lumped upon you then i guess you start searching to find yourself yeah or, or uh, but i was looking outside yeah uh, outside myself again, you know, I talked about, Hey, should I be a you know, produce clerk? Should I, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. go work for the eating and air guy? Should I, yeah. What should I do? Uh, that's completely different outside of what, what I have, you know, actually going on inside. But, uh, but again, I found, found myself by looking inside yes. and that, that, uh, I guess revelation, mm-hmm. um, brought out, okay, I need to go into animal chiropractic because that's going to, that's going to get me outside of this little box that I'm in. Right. And, and that gave me something to hold on to because I have a certain skill set and a knowledge set and I can use that. What is inside of me to get through this process, get, get out of the wilderness uh, as you're calling it. And, um, but you know, also being in the wilderness is kind of, um, kind of interesting. I'm, I'm a guy that, that appreciates struggle. Yeah. Um, and and okay, I'm I'm in this struggle. Yeah. What can I do? What do I do in this you know struggle situation? Um, you know, what do I know? What is my knowledge set? Um, what have I done in the past that's going to help me <laughs> get through this? I'm because again, I'm kind of a guy that likes likes the struggle thing. Yeah. Um, and it kind of like pulled all those things of my life together, and and in this you know big blob it's never tidy and moved moved me through you know some really complicated times of of just not wanting to be on the planet anymore i mean i again searching for that hard thing i uh what was it last october 
you know, dyslexics like to search for that hard thing because we like the win, I mm-hmm. guess, is for lack mm-hmm. of a better way to yep. describe it. Um, and yeah, I needed to, I needed to navigate through everything that I was in. So I had to figure out how to win internally. So right. then I could, then, then I could go through it. And uh, in October last year, I ran a hundred miler. Yeah. Know, that's one of those things that, oh my gosh, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. So right. you're, you're searching for that, for that complication to work through. So can I get that win? And, and with what I found in, in the animal chiropractic, uh, it, it made me better overall Yeah. because I became a better doctor, um, because you're still picking up just subtle things from patients. But wait, I have patients that can't speak to me at all, and I have to right. glean all the information I can from just them standing there. Yeah. Uh, made me a better chiropractor, made me a better spinal adjuster, um, and it really renewed my want to do what I do. Um, an animal chiropractor, I mean, it's just cool anyway. I mean, who wouldn't want to go and pet on horses? And right. Adjust, <laughs> and, and, you know, <laughs> yes. see them get better. And and, yeah. and and you're like, cool, look what I've done uh, with the help of, you know, what the, the animal can do on its own. I've just kind of, I'm kind of the vehicle. Yeah. And I like to say all the time to my patients, um, you know, I do what I can with these mortal hands. Yeah. Uh, and and that's one of those that's the saying I I came up with because I, that's it I, I I release the the nerves to work like they're supposed to and the animal has to has to get better or or stay the same or whatever maybe is going to happen same way with the human patients that I yeah. work on um, but yeah I, you know the the wilderness was thrown upon me and I've kind of figured out how to. I, get, I don't know if you're ever completely out of the wilderness. <laughs> right, right. That's a really valid point. I'm not sure of that um, either. So you learn to work in the wilderness that you're in, and then you figure out how to thrive in in that situation because it's 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 never smooth sailing, I yeah. mean, regardless of of what's going on. So uh, so yeah, that's I don't know. We again we that that's that's all I can think of right now. Yeah, I think. That's and also great. with the interestingly enough, you. You talk about being in the wilderness, but you know you're this broken person now. With okay, I got to figure out what to do with this with these pieces of my life, and you try to figure out how to heal. And the animals, I would say, are probably healing me yes. as much as my ability to help them heal themselves. Yes, um, just due to the interaction uh, with the animals, uh, I would have to say, uh, yeah. which is which is kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, I even say um, to other clinicians, I, I often say, you know, I think truly that we learn as much from our clients as they learn from us, you know, um, because it's that connection piece, I think, um, just really, it breeds for really healthy relationships and really being able to like look deeply into life. And I love that you talked about like loving a challenge because I love when things are hard like that, you know, like right. I just like, and I think that um, makes sense that that's a portion of it. Your hundred mile though. That was like, I was like, woo. I mean, I'm not kidding you. I was like cheering you on. I'm like, that is fantastic. I'm not <laughs> well, sure how you. you're not dead. Like props to you for all that training you did because like that is so hard. That is so hard. Oh my goodness. And and actually, you know, you talked about that. I, I whenever you do, I do ultra marathons or mm-hmm. whatever it may be. You end yeah. up talking to people, and interestingly enough, I somehow am able to inject my dyslexia story cool. <laughs> into almost you know every time I talk to somebody because I'm like, hey, 
let's talk about this. Hey, I'm dyslexic. And they're like, what? Yeah. So yeah. tell me about that. Blah, 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 blah. And, and again, if you just get the message out there right. and if it, it maybe help their child or even help themselves or, or, or they know somebody else, it's like, hey, I talked to this guy. You may want to look into this or da, 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 da. And the talks that I've done, I've had men come up to me, you know, tears in their eyes saying, oh, my gosh, I checked off all the boxes. I yeah. have to be dyslexic. No wonder my nine-year-old is struggling so hard in fourth grade. Yeah. What do I do? Okay. Yeah. Actually, here's a piece of paper with all the websites on, people to call. Yeah. Go forth and, and, and save your daughter first. Yes. <laughs> and then work on yourself yeah, <laughs> through absolutely. the process. Yeah. That's fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. You know, I'm wondering if you um, had to pick out, you know, the, the podcast is called Kelly and the Encouragers because the goal is to bring on encouraging people like yourself. But I do believe as well that we have people along our path that are encouraging us. So I'm wondering if you can think of who would you say, and it can be a few people, it doesn't have to be just one, but are your biggest encouragers in life? Oh, sure. Yeah. And encouragement, you know, I, I wasn't diagnosed as a kid, but my mom helped me out tons. I mean, yes. she was the gal that, yeah, I couldn't write out the information, but mom was there. She, I'd, I'd speak it and she loved to type, uh, interestingly enough. So she'd type along yeah. while I was speaking the, whatever the report that I had to do. And then I would copy it yep. onto my paperwork to turn in yeah. uh, that type of thing. So when I was young, really it was, it was my mom. I yep. mean, interestingly enough, she, she was always there to help me out with all, all those kind of kind of processes. And I had a few teachers and coaches that, again, you know, they, they saw the struggle yeah. and, again, kind of encouraged or, or uh, helped with with the process. Um, and, and, and you have to have self-encouragement. I yes. mean, yes. the self-talk is a big thing. Absolutely. And, you know, many years you're like, oh, hey, I can do this, da, 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 da. and then you get the diagnosis and you're like, wait, I have to get back to the self good talk yes uh you know uh, and because i always go back to the oh if i work harder if i if i do more well that's not going to get me down the path i have to um think of it from a different angle or change up the way the way that i'm doing things but right now it's my wife yes. i definitely have to say her and, and really my children yeah, uh, my daughter and son because my daughter's dyslexic my son is is not and uh, really as a family unit we we carry ourselves uh, each other yes. uh, and encourage one another but whenever i'm feeling down my daughter's like hey dad come on you yeah. you know you've done this you you've gotten us through you're a great dad and da, 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 da. Yeah. and same my my wife's the same way come on you look what you're doing look yeah. at the help that you're that you're providing for the people that you see and and all that you you know watch that tape that you're running in your head and my son you know man of few words he's just like dad you're good Oh, <laughs> you know, or he yes. just looks at me. He's kind of like, bruh. Yeah. You know, whenever my son says, bruh, it means check yourself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That kind of thing. So, but yeah, currently, and, and then I have patients, of course, that are, that are encouragement um, as well, because they, they know that I'm dyslexic working through, through things. And we've talked about you know, different, different things. Maybe their grandchild is or their brother or sister or one of their own kids or themselves. Uh, we get into conversations 
and and again help each other out so it it comes from multiple different levels so yeah, yeah. again younger you know mom's always there you know yeah. and if, and my dad was a dairy farmer so <laughs> yes uh, and we think that he was probably the dyslexic uh, yeah. as well because he was kind of 30 years ahead of his time in the thought processes on the dairy farm it, it's crazy. I'll talk to a patient who is is a dairy farmer, and they'll be like, "Oh yeah, we just started using you know this, this, and this." And I'm like, "You just started using that?" My dad was trying that out, you know, 40 years ago to figure out whether or not that'll work. And they yeah. kind of look at me funny, and he's like, "I don't know." Dad was out there. He he was super smart and yeah. just wasn't. He was willing to think outside the box. Yes. You know, that's what dyslexics do. Yeah. And and yeah, it's it's always a a process of who's in your life at the time. And you got to pick those right people that that do prop you up. And that doesn't matter whether you're dyslexic or, or anything. Yes. You, you know, you who do you spend time with? Um, those are the people that um, you know need to be there to prop you up. They're they're your best friends. They're your Absolutely. they're your people to help you get through whatever you're, whatever you may be dealing with. Um, and then a close knit family. Yes. Um, our family loves spending time together and talking and 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 having a good time. So we're uh, I'm very blessed. I have a I have a good tight-knit family. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing that with me. And I would agree, you know, even just um, being far away and seeing different Facebook posts and such, like it's very evident that you guys enjoy spending time together. And on a completely random side note, both your wife and daughter have fantastic hair. Oh, they have you. absolutely oh. beautiful hair. I'm like, how do they just have like gorgeous hair that is just like perfect at all t- at all points? <laughs> so well, I love that too. My daughter just has like perfect hair. She doesn't have to do, oh you know, gosh. she can buy the, the $2 gel, slap it on, she's done. She got, I think she got the best of me and my wife and kind of, it kind of came together, yes. but they found something um, on the internet. It's not a, it's not a, uh, it's not a company, but it's a, like a website called Curly Girl. Oh, and okay. they talk about how to make your hair the best it possibly can be and oh my gosh the hair products that they have discussed oh yeah yeah there's a lot of information out there and they've been working on it so that's how they have really good hair because they again they've educated themselves about what do I need to do to have the best hair so yes I love that I love that (laughs) you know I'm wondering one more thing if you could tell people where they can follow you on social media I think that would be really helpful as well oh sure absolutely I'm uh well, Bleem uh, Chiropractic or Bleem Family Chiropractic is is what's on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as uh, let me see if I can remember the name of the Instagram. Oh, and if not, that we can always link it later. So yeah, I can I'll always have to send yeah. that to you. But I think yeah, it's probably okay. called Bleem Chiropractic on on Instagram as yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, those are the two main the the main sites that we tend to post everything that has to do with. Well, we talk about dyslexia and animal chiropractic and human chiropractic, and right now we have a Main Street project that's going on out front where everything's tore up. So we talk about that, too. Uh, uh, Keep everybody posted on, on, again, our journey. Uh, So you never know what we may be discussing, but... uh, yeah, those those are kind of the main topics right now. So those are the main two. So yeah, yeah the uh, <laughs> Bleem Chiropractic is the place to find us. Yeah, for sure. And um, we'll have those linked on our website as well and social media so that people can easily find you at those places. So Sure, absolutely. So, well, thank you so much, Dr. Bleem, for being on the show and for sharing your journey and for, you know, truly just being so transparent and vulnerable. I just know this is going to help so many people. And I know what it really meant to me um, just to have you on the show and be able to listen and hear and learn about dyslexia. So thank you so much. 
Absolutely. And I appreciate doing it. Like I said, if I can tell my story and I can help somebody out there and, and, and had them, you know, change their, maybe their entire path or walk that there's, they're on and, it, and, and they re- make some realizations about themselves. then that's, that's what it's about yes. uh, is, is helping others. And that's what we're, that's what we're here to do. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Overall. So that's for sure. And you guys do a good job of that. So thank you so much. Absolutely. And thank you for uh, allowing me to come on and just, you know, chatter on for quite, quite some time. (laughs) No, this was perfect. (laughs) It was perfect. Thank you for listening to Kelly and the Encouragers podcast. For all things related to this episode, please go to www.kellysisson.com backslash podcast where you can find transcript from today's show and links for today's guest. See you next week for another episode.